Yeah. Have you guys been following all this crazy UFO Eric, stuff? Eric, shut up. I don't care. I'm she got a haircut. Look at him. He looks so handsome. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. Apparently cats are making noises in the house. Okay. <laughs> MC, I need you to I need you to turn your head around so I can see it better. I love it. MC, I love it. You look you look like an early 2000s scene boy. But with yeah. a beard. <laughs> yeah. Did he you pulls it off. MC? Did you have that haircut. exact haircut in the early two thousands? Uh not no, you you actually saw me with the haircut that I had. No, like, that was was that wasn't the early two thousands. That no, was in two thousand ten. That's pretty much what I had the whole time. Oh, okay. Alright. <laughs> I had the same haircut for like ten years. And then it got longer. Tyler, did you get a haircut too or did you get your haircut a while ago and I just forgot? Uh I got my haircut a couple of weeks ago. It might have been after the last time we recorded together because you weren't here last week i can't wait till someone goes and edits the last episode i was on and the opening bit is us talking about your hair being cut and then we get to this one and i'm like your hair is cut um because i'm <laughs> listen y'all i found some ants right before we started recording and so i like like literally just sprayed some ant killer next so you, to me you're getting high so if I like pass out in the recording, oh, no. I need one of y'all to call Becky and let her know that okay, I'm we'll do. dead in the garage. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I might be, I, I don't know if high is the right word, but I might be a little, I've inhaled fumes that I shouldn't have inhaled. Too young for this trek. The final frontier. These are the voyages of MC, Troy, and Eric. Their mission to introduce Tyler to strange new episodes. To seek out the best and worst media in the Star Trek franchise. To boldly go where several podcasts have probably gone before. (laughs) Uh, Hello and welcome to Too Young for this Trek. I'm Tyler and I've barely watched any Star Trek. Um, Yep. I mean, except for New Trek. Trek. You're the newcomer to the of this podcast, but you're not really new to Star Trek anymore. You've been watching it like oh, regularly Deep Space Nine. for a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. I've seen one uh, episode I'm of Deep Space Nine. That's Troy. I'm Troy. Yep. Sometime, sometime we'll make you watch Deep Space Nine. Over there is Eric. Hey. And I'm MC. Eric, you were supposed to pass the ball to MC. Oh shit. I just like watched it, it fell, and I just like it rolled past. <laughs> that, that's why I jumped in. Yeah. <laughs> uh hey Eric, you were saying something about the episode we watched. Yeah, so this week we watched Star Trek Voyager, season one, episode one, part one, caretaker. Uh which is pretty funny because we've actually seen the finale. Tyler's seen the finale to Voyager, and we're mm-hmm. just now getting to the season premiere. Mm-hmm. The series premiere. Mm-hmm. And I believe Voyager is the series you've seen the most of. Uh, <laughs> At this point, yeah. <laughs> so probably. Of the classic Trek series. So I'm excited to get your take on the first episode. That'll be fun. For any new listeners out there uh, who haven't been able to go through our backlog yet, uh, we have a list of random Star Trek episodes listed by title only, not by series and not in mm-hmm. order. And... Tyler just kind of goes through and picks at random without any information about the episode prior. And he it's like 
just so happened he keeps landing on Voyager for some reason. There's like way more Voyager Deep Space Nine episodes on this list. <laughs> <laughs> There's like way more Deep Space Nine episodes on this list than like any other series, I think. And he somehow has narrowly avoided all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's brought up like three of them very recently, like that he was going to choose between, mm-hmm. and it, he chose the other one. It didn't happen. A, yeah, it it was like an Enterprise <laughs> and a couple of Voyager episodes. He's like, I was gonna pick this title, but instead I picked this title, and we're like, ah, oh, if you just gone with the first one. <laughs> I'm glad that you pointed out uh, kind of what our show is for newcomers, Eric, because I, I, you're right that, like, this is the first episode of Voyager. So there's going to be somebody out there who's like, oh, I'm going to start a Star Trek Voyager re- rewatch. I wonder if there's any podcasts that are covering Voyager. And they're going to find this shit and be like, I'm so confused. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, this is Voyager season one, episode one, Caretaker, also known as The Paris Adventures. Or Lost in Space. Yeah. MC, you have one? Uh, uh, I-, I was going to involve DS9 because, well, it's <laughs> yeah. right there. Th- th- this is technically <laughs> yeah, the real. first time that Tyler's seen at least a little bit of DS9. I mean, he saw a little bit of it in the one episode we watched. It was a very yeah. little bit of it. Um, <laughs> very little bit. He saw the intro. So I, I just want to call it Quarks. Aww. Uh, Tyler, what was yours? Uh, Harry's never getting that clarinet back. Oh, poor Harry's clarinet. <laughs> I almost included that in my summary. I have a question before we get started. Did they? Did they? Did they say they were in the Delta Quadrant in this episode? Did the Delta nope. Quadrant get mentioned by name? Damn. No. Because no, it just no, occurred they just to me. Say Seventy thousand yeah. light years or something. Yep. From the Alpha the, Quadrant, right? The alternate title of the Delta variant popped into my head and kind of made me sad, <laughs> but then it doesn't uh, even apply because they didn't say Delta Quadrant in it. Maybe yeah, and then also, by the time this episode comes out, we'll be on like the... I can't think of more Greek letters. The Greek uh, letters. Gamma. Gamma. Gamma is already a thing. But we're already up to Lambda. Yeah. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. 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 The, the anyway. Omega variant? I don't know. That's the we can't be up to the omega variant. <laughs> no. If we're up to the omega variant, shit's gone very There's wrong. Very, just yeah. just skip really that and up. call it the yeah. alpha one variant or something like alpha alpha variant. Don't don't go to the omega variant. Yeah. We cannot have a disease <laughs> rampaging across fate. the planet called the omega variant. Um, shall I summarize for y'all? I guess. You ready? All right. Here we go. Caretaker Part One. Make it so. The border dispute between the Cardassians and the Maquis. Did you oh, get a haircut? Wait, yep. No, it's just. <laughs> My my scalp's really itchy for some reason today, and so Becky massaged, like, some cool oils into my hair, and then she's like, your hair's really oily now, and it's long, you know? So she's like, I'm going to put it up. There's a ponytail way in the back. I just, it. it's hard for me to lean enough for you to see it. So it's just, it's just out of the way. It, it's interesting, because your ponytail is, like, a different color. So, like, I just see, like, this colored thing sticking up it's from your green. head. It's green, yeah. yeah. Most of the green faded out of the hair right in the front, so, yeah. Yeah, it looks like you have a green antenna. The border dispute between the Cardassians and the Maquis, a group of former Federation citizens, is heating up. One Maquis ship has gone missing, with Captain Catherine Janeway's security officer on board as an undercover agent. To find her man, Janeway conscripts prison dreamboat Nick Lacar- I mean Tom Paris, to help her track down the Mar- Maquis. Tom hits on Janeway's pilot in a shuttlecraft, then hits on a bright-eyed Harry Ensign 
I'm sorry, a bright-eyed ensign, <laughs> Harry Kim, in Quark's bar, all before even stepping foot on the USS Voyager. On the ship, we get to know all sorts of lovable crew members, like Pilot Redshirt, First Officer Redshirt, <laughs> Dr. Redshirt, and Chief Engineer Redshirt. It turns out that about 40 members of Voyager's crew are from the Redshirt family. Weird. <laughs> Anyway, a big space wave knocks Voyager 70,000 light years across the galaxy and coincidentally wipes out the entire Red Shirt clan. The ship is all sorts of broken, but just as Catherine Janeway is about to get everything triaged, the whole crew, except for the emergency medical hologram, gets whooshed away to a good old-fashioned southern church potluck. Catherine asks a bunch of questions, Tom flirts with the southern belle who offers up her deviled eggs, if you know what I mean, and Harry Kim finds a mysterious barn. Suddenly everything goes sideways and the barn turns out to be full of sci-fi bodies hanging from sci-fi tubes and shit. With another whoosh, the crew are also hanging, and they get big old needles stuck into their sternums. And then with another whoosh, they all wake up back on Voyager. It turns out they were gone for three days. The Maquis ship that they were chasing is flying away, and Harry Kim is missing! Tom Paris is nearly in tears. Janeway facetimes the Maquis captain, Chakotay, who is also missing a crew member. Everyone decides to work together, and Mr. Tuvok, a Vulcan, reveals that he was a double agent to Chakotay. Before he can figure out how to handle that, Chakotay spots Tom Paris on the bridge, who he also hates. What a great way to start a truce! Janeway leads a team back to Space Mississippi, which is actually yeah. a holographic projection on a space station, where a cranky banjo player reveals that he's actually a cranky godlike being who is on a quest to abduct people from all over the universe for reasons. Harry Kim and a Klingon hottie wake up in a space hospital with lesions all over their bodies. It turns out that those needles weren't clean. Now they've got space herpes. Back on Voyager, <laughs> Janeway and Tuvok scope out a planet that the satellite is shooting energy at. It turns out it's a super desert, a planet with absolutely no rainfall whatsoever. Mysterious. And then for completely unexplained reasons, we head to a garbage dump and we meet a sentient feral dumb cat named Neelix. He has no concept of personal space, he stinks, he's got a boner for water, and we're stuck with him. The that end. was a pretty good summary. Thanks. I, I watched nailed it. I started watching the episode about an hour and a half ago. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So good job. I'm just looking at my notes and I don't know how to spell Bologna's name, but however I spell it, uh my phone autocorrects it to Baloney. So before we get into it, can we talk about the dude with the banjo? <laughs> Did you ever play okay, back on the Super Nintendo, there was a game called Phalanx. And have you seen the cover to this? I, Google I, it. I if know you what haven't. you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There is a dude with a banjo on the cover of this game. It has nothing to do with the game. <laughs> but it's a it's a space shooter adventure apparently. This ep this episode reminded me of that. Yeah, me and Troy have a mutual friend who collects retro games, so yeah. he had a copy of it and I think that's yeah. th that's where I heard about that game. It's the most yeah. random. It's got a banjo player on the front. <laughs> it's not the most random though because there's also Forsaken on the Nintendo 64, which is also oh, some yeah, sort yeah. of a space shooter thing, and the cover for it uh -huh. is like a lady in front of an apocalyptic wasteland behind her with like eye tattoos and like it's metal as hell, and then the game's like <laughs> A weird shooter. And I'm like, where's... where's It's like Galaga or something. Where's the metalhead <laughs> apocalypse lady with the tattoos? She's not in it. She just isn't in that game. Eric, remember how you wanted to talk about Star Trek? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, should we start at the beginning? <laughs> yeah. I was just so, waiting for MC to <laughs> steer oh, the no, back. The beginning was interesting. 
Yeah. There's like yeah. a Star Wars like like text crawl. Mm-hmm. We, like, we totally get a Star Wars crawl. Yeah. Is that a thing that's done in other first <sighs> episodes of Star Trek series? Because it wasn't done in Enterprise. It, I don't believe so. It is done in this and in Deep Space Nine. And those are the only two that do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Deep Space Nine does kind of give you a little background. And I think that's because DS9 was spinning off of a TNG episode. And this was spinning off of something that happened in DS9. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. The thing is, is that in DS9, what it's spinning off of is like, you know, significant to like the story of the episode and the show. And in this, in this, yeah, right. And in this, it's like (laughs) just not. I didn't feel like it was necessary. I mean, I guess Tyler, not you didn't know who the Maki were. Did you feel like you needed the text scroll saying like, anyway, there's the Maki? I feel like the episode explains it. No, maybe not. I I I, I was very confused at the beginning. Yeah, I don't think the episode explains it at all. (laughs) Well, no, I was very. I think we needed that context. It it didn't help me. I was very confused because I was thinking the whole intro was like a holodeck thing because I'm like the like Chicote and Tuvok <laughs> and Blana are like they don't appear to be in Starfleet and I'm like what's happening like I just assumed like everyone was like buddy yeah. buddy before the show started oh, and it was great. weird to find out that uh Chicote and uh Baloney <laughs> are <laughs> essentially like I don't know they're they're not like terrorist but they're like oh yeah they are are they terrorist okay they are yeah they are seditionist terrorists like i mean yeah so let's let's talk about the maquis because i i feel like we need to talk about this right this is the point to talk about this they're basically federation separatists they're like the Uh confederacy in space (laughs) Uh, they broke off from the Federation for reasons that are way too complicated to go into right now. They're not. They're not but... complicated. They broke off because no, there really was a dumb. border dispute. I mean, that's what it was. Like, there was a border dispute, and the Federation was like, "All right, other, other, other race are bad. We'll pull back from the border." <laughs> and the Maquis were like, "Fuck that shit!" And they don't. They're like, America. "This is our land. You're not taking our land." Yeah. And so then. Even though it's totally not their land because they just landed there. Right, yeah. They sh- <laughs> Yeah, Tyler. it's a whole thing. There's like 20 episodes between TNG and DS9 explaining this, which I'm sure we'll get to. Tyler, you may think that despite them using a French name for this group, it sounds like a poorly handled metaphor for the way that Native Americans would push back against their land being taken away uh, by by you know, territorial agreements that they really had no say in the matter on. And you would be right. Mm-hmm. It is that. And there's in fact a whole episode about space native Americans on a planet who don't want to give up yep. their planet because it's their ancestral home, even though they're space native Americans who like just moved in on that planet. And then spoilers, yeah. a beloved member of the crew becomes a space God and disintegrates into space where they're a space God forever now. So that's the thing that happens. Uh, okay <laughs> the maquis storyline is there's there's a ton of potential i feel like in the idea of like people who are like hey what if we just don't want to be part of your federation anymore and instead as you've noted tyler chakotay is a leader in the maquis and you've seen how many episodes of voyager and had no reason to ever know that he was like ever not a part of the federation nope i, I i'm very curious how 
you know, like him and Balana ended up with like officer positions. Mm-hmm. That's on a the good ship. question. Because, yeah, I, can can you trust them? That's a good question. <laughs> Tyler, have you have you seen a uh, Battlestar Galactica, the new one? Nope. No. Okay. Okay. Oh, we definitely got to watch that at some point. <laughs> just the <laughs> whole show. The we'll episode. just do the whole show as no. one episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a whole season about Battlestar, even though this is a Star Trek podcast. Um, what did you guys think of the opening, like the action scene? Like, how, how did that that work for you? Um, the cold open? There's two things I noted about it. One was what Tyler already said, which was that, I like, I know what's happening, obviously, but I was watching it going like, this could just be the start of any episode of Voyager. Like for real, <laughs> like just you know, yeah. Chakotay, Tuvok, and Bolana are in a, a runabout, and some shit blows up because that is a runabout. They didn't even make a new set for this. They're like, we're launching our yeah. new show, brand new show. Yeah. All right, UPN, here we come with our new Star Trek show. We need a small ship, DS Nine. Can we just borrow? Can we borrow? The, can we have the keys <laughs> just for? We'll bring it back with gas, and they use that set. They um, also borrowed the DS Nine sets. Oh, that's like, true. They, yeah. literally the DS sets. but yeah I, yeah I think they saved a lot of money with this one but the other thing that oh and the alien the alien array it was like it was like a a barn in the woods like they they must not have had a budget on this episode it's so weird um it is very but weird. the the like action I will say though, and the flying into the storms and oh, stuff sorry. i thought was a cool mm-hmm. concept but yeah i it, the visuals on the storms are weird and they use that a lot right. in across all of Star Trek, that same like effect. Like the tornadoes of, yeah. of I Nebula, I, don't, I guess. I don't get it. I never think it looks great. Uh, so I do like the way this opens, but like you were saying, watching it this time on a 4K TV, that 90s TV CG doesn't look great. Yeah. It does not hold up at all. That's your problem. You guys need to watch this on a phone like i do while doing dishes <laughs> <laughs> it looked real rough man. It, it still looked bad there though yeah. <laughs> i'm sure it did. Sure did like ghostbusters had better effects than this well ghostbusters was a one. movie i mean of course it did from the 80s <laughs> okay fair point um so we, we get that. We get, oh, they got, ooh, mysterious wave. What's going to happen? Who knows? Do you all notice that uh, Tuvok straight up killed some people? Uh, so I'm not sure how that works when you're uh, an undercover cop, but Tuvok is right. the one manning the weapons on that ship, and he was definitely trying to murder a whole ship full of Cardassians, which is Jesus. I mean, a little awkward. He's also being attacked, which is preserving his own life so he can get the information It's logical. Back. Murder is logical oh in this case. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we meet Tom Paris. Uh, who? who? Troy? Troy, yes. what have you told me Who's before? Who's a tall douchebag? You, you've told me that Starfleet doesn't have prisons. He is in prison. He he is totally is in, in prison. prison. He's in a prison there colony. There are so many prisons. In, <laughs> I in believe Star he's Trek. in a prison colony in New Zealand. Is, he is. is yeah. New yeah. Zealand's not that yeah. big. Uh, MC, did y'all no. annex New Zealand and turn it into a prison colony to get revenge on the rest of the world for making you a prison colony? <laughs> is that what happened? Australia's like, y'all want a prison colony? We got one. It's right over there. <laughs> what are you talking about? It like. America was started on prison colonies as well. Like well, Georgia, Florida. and yeah, Georgia. <laughs> See, um, like, 
They d- half the world's like that. Pris- yeah. Prisons are weird in True. Star Trek. I don't remember what I've said about prisons before. Prisons. You said prisons- they don't have prisons. <laughs> okay, well, they <laughs> there do was have an interesting line. Well, clearly in Discovery, you know, mm. Michael Burnham was you know in prison, in prison for life. Except that didn't quite pan out that way. We never saw her prison. Yeah, there's an no. episode of TOS where they talk about whether they do or don't have prisons, and and even it, within that episode, <laughs> it's dumb. <laughs> Um, there is an interesting line here though where Janeway refers to him as not an inmate but an outmate. You help us find that ship. We help you at your next outmate review. Uh-huh. She says at your outmate hearing, so I assume that's that's like a parole hearing. Yeah. That stood out to me this time too. I've never noticed that line before. So does that mean they're not like confined? Like they, they have maybe they have to stay outside? No, no, no. Um, I think I think the, the outmate hearing would be when he could oh. potentially be released from being an oh, inmate. Is that a real term? Zealand? I might be an idiot. I don't know if it is. <laughs> but, but he definitely has an ankle break at like oh, yeah. on him. He's got a yep. You know, Outmate hearing. But really, if you tried to run away, they could just beam him back, right? Like... Yeah, no, well, that's probably <laughs> that's exactly why for? he has the track, yeah. yeah. It, so they can actually just pull up his um, signal from that and then just go... But... Couldn't they just inject him with, like, a hypo spray with something? Some nanobots? Probably, but that, that, that would eventually, like, slowly dissipate over time. Mm. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, outmate programs exist, and it's it's basically parole. Like, okay. you're 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 oh, okay, not okay. confined to your prison, but you're gonna have to wear an ankle monitor. This this particular article is oh. about DUI, and so you have to have um, some monitors that check for alcohol consumption. You can't drive a car. Hmm. Um, but oh. yeah, that that's yeah. outmate. Outmate is a real thing. Okay, I, I know someone that had sense. one of those, and. Do, did you know they make you pay daily for like the bracelet? Yeah, because you're renting it. I have heard about that. I think that's kind of messed up. Yeah. honestly. Yeah, it's, it's almost like our whole justice system sucks balls. It's all um, pay for play. Almost like yeah. If you got money, break all the laws, pay the fines. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. Hey, Tom. Oh, Paris. speaking of Tom Paris, <laughs> he's kind of a dick. Yeah, he he really sucks. <laughs> he does suck. <laughs> more so than i remember janeway gets him out of prison and like the first thing he does is sexually assault a woman yeah (laughs) that seems so uncomfortable he never well he he, touches her sexual misconduct insults her race i don't know if sexual assault comes into it does he touch her he touches her oh shit i missed that it's 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 yikes it is it is very uncomfortable study you're changing my mind about betazoids good Oh, that wasn't a compliment. Until today, I always considered your people warm and sensual. I can be warm and sensual. Just not to me. Do you always fly at women at warp speed, Mr. Paris? Only when they're in visual range. Editor's note, upon further review it is unclear if Paris makes contact with Stotty, the Beta Z woman in this scene. He clearly places his right hand upon the back of her chair, squats down to within four inches of her face, is a creepy motherfucker, but his left hand remains out of frame. Some time later he turns his boss into a lizard and then knocks her up so. Like I don't know, there appears to be a pattern of misconduct with this one. 
I guess at least he never says anything racist. Don't. 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 I, I was so shocked by the way he approached her that I didn't even hear the exposition she was saying about the Voyager and all its cool nifty something. I don't know what it's it was. Bio I was something. It's got bio So distracted by the fact that, yeah, it was weird. I do love the line she says, though, where she says, do you always come at women in warp speed, Mr. Paris? And he goes, only when they're in visual range. And she should have been like, that's fucking stupid. You should not be going at warp speed if you're in visual range. That's way too fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she should have taken it straight. That's uh, So she was a, a, a beta, a beta Z, is that what they call it? Betazoid. 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 Yep. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Which is what Troy Like is. Troy. Just yeah. like me. Um. Do y'all think that Tom Paris has a mega crush on Harry Kim, or am I reading into that? Is that there? Do you see it in the text of the episode, or is it just me? Cool, just me. All right, moving on. Uh, I, I, I <laughs> no, mean... I they they have good chemistry, but it's more like a buddy cop kind of thing. I think. Can you hear the thunder on my end? There's curious. some crazy heat lightning on my end. Hypothetically, Eric. If Tom Paris was to break into Harry Kim's room at night and wake him up from his slumber in order to invite him to watch pornography with him, then would you think that Tom <laughs> Paris had a crush on Harry Kim? <laughs> Not that that happens in Star Trek. <laughs> uh, Except for that one time okay, on Star Trek point. when literally exactly that happens. <laughs> like... <laughs> Okay, so not in this episode, but yeah, I think maybe something does develop down the road. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. That was a good episode. As creepy <laughs> as it sounds. <laughs> how how old is Harry supposed to be? Because like he's like straight out of like the I think academy. he's supposed to be a lot younger than I, I think, thought. I think cause... he's supposed to be about thirty eight years old based on how he looks. That's my assumption. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. No, I, I, I I like Air Wong, Wang a lot. Air Wong Wang. I don't know if it's Wang Wang. Uh, he's great. He is. He's funny. But. It sounds like he's supposed to be a teenager from the dialogue. Yeah, because it sounds like he lives with his mom. And I'm yeah. just like, this is an adult man. Like, I mean, that's okay. Like, no shame. But, like. No. At least he doesn't, like, talk about how he has a, like, photographic memory of being inside his mother's womb in literally the scene after Tom Paris invites him to come look at pornography after waking him up in the middle of the night after breaking into his room. Oh, wait, that that's exactly what happens. He has a that's photographic weird, right? memory of his mother's womb. He's like, I've seen, yeah, I've seen a vagina before. It was my mom's. Yeah, but, I remember it. Um, I remember my. Yeah. I remember being born. Please make sure that's on the list. I don't, I don't even remember what the episode is called because it, I just remember that weird, weird moment. Anyway. It was pretty weird. I think Tom Paris has has I think Tom Par I think what they were going for was Riker. So, they were going for like, ooh, swarthy space like handsome man who's down to bone <laughs> all the ladies and fellas. And instead he just seems like a creepy predator. Yeah. yeah. With daddy issues. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh yeah. They build in like a lot of baggage for him right off the right off the bat. You'll be an observer. When it's over, you're cut loose story of my life um so harry kim's introduced uh with another character that runs a bar mm -hmm. um that i'm not sure tyler's familiar with have you not met nope. that character no but i that's who i guessed it was because i've heard you guys talk about 
quirk before. Huh. Yeah, quirk. Yeah. Hey, so, can we yeah. can we make a rule on the podcast that anytime somebody says quirks bar, like those two words together, everybody has to go mourn. Can we do that? Can we make that a thing? I, I love that. What idea. does that mean? You'll find out eventually. <laughs> You'll find out if we watch <laughs> literally one day. the answer to your question is in this episode and you just don't know that it's there um yeah. i thought you were is. gonna say every time someone says quirks bar we have to take a shot i like that idea too. You, we already didn't do the thing so. you said the first time what's the thing i said the first time <sighs> oh shit what? tyler tyler do it again i just Wait, took a tyler, shot say it again uh quirks bar mourn mourn there we go okay mourn those all be perfectly synced up. Um, hey, <laughs> Eric already took his shot, so he needs to go refill it. So let's go ahead and listen to a commercial from some of our friends, podcaster, or maybe an advertiser, while Eric gets another drink from Quark Spar. Morn! You did that on purpose, Tyler. You said, Ooh, I heard that thunder. Jesus. I heard that one. It is thunder. I can fill it through the floor. It's terrifying. Have some nice fresh corn on the cob. Fresh corn on the cob. Corn on the cob. Do you want to know what this podcast is? I imagine that right now, you're feeling a bit like Alice, tumbling down the rabbit hole, hmm? Do you believe in fate, listener? Let me tell you why you're here. You are here because we formed opinions on something. Podcasters assemble is everywhere. We are all around you, even now in this very room. You hear us when you put on your headphones or log into Patreon. You can feel us when you go to work. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. Press skip. The story ends. You wake up at your job and believe whatever you want to believe. You press play. You stay in Wonderland, and we show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all we're offering you are our opinions, nothing more. No one can be told what Podcasters Assemble is. You must experience it for yourself. Very well. Since no one seems to care for any corn, we'll have to proceed ahead of schedule. Troy's here, everyone. I was saying before I left that I was freaked out on your behalf, Tyler, because you keep looking around and you looking around is like making me anxious because I'm like, what was that? And I'm like, wait, I can't hear anything. I just see you looking around and that makes me want to go. Like, <laughs> well, I don't have any windows. So like if there's like a like lightning happening on my street, I don't know. There's like a lot of lightning on my end. Uh, but anyways, before the break, we were talking about Quark's Bar. Mm hmm. Mourn! Mourn! <laughs> um, and Quirk's kind of a dick. Like, I mean, he's always a dick. That's his character. But it's... poor Harry, man. Listen. He was trying to okay. swindle him. Yes, he was trying to swindle him. But then Harry was like, ah, we've heard about you, Ferengi, because the Federation's real racist, 
And Quark's like, you racist <laughs> assholes, which is fair. Now, granted, <laughs> to an extent, it's problematic because the racist thing that the Federation is racist against the Ferengi about is codified as being true of the entire race of the Ferengi within Star Trek, which is problematic yeah. to begin with. But also, well, Quark is totally valid to say, you racist asshole, because he was being a racist asshole. He was just playing that card to get him to buy the the crappy stuff that's true as well but he was still valid to say you're being a racist asshole harry kim we were warned about the ferengi at the academy warned about ferengi were you that's right slurs about my people at starfleet academy what i meant was here i, I am trying to be a cordial host Knowing how much a young officer's parents would appreciate a token of his love on the eve of a dangerous mission, and what do I get from my trouble? Scurrilous insults. I think it's just that the Federation has like a really strict anti-capitalist policy. Do they? Because Harry Kim seemed to have money to spend oh. at Quark's bar. Oh. It was his allowance, Born. dude. Chill out. <laughs> it was his uh, mourn. It was his uh, what is that called? B and I is that what it is? Basic BUI, basic income? universal income. Oh, uh, I yeah, BUI, BUI. <laughs> the Federation has a BUI, <laughs> not DUI. <laughs> <laughs> they have like a a BQI, a basic quadrant income. It's, Basic Latinum income? Because they're in space and they're in the Alpha Quadrant. So it's. Do you get. Do you get your basic universal income if you're all the way over in the Delta Quadrant? I don't know. Maybe. It's still the same universe. Different galaxy. Is it the same galaxy? I don't know. I don't know what the difference between galaxies Maybe and it's a BLT. Are. A Beta Latinum Tax. No, wait, that doesn't make sense. Something T word. So then they go on to the Voyager and they meet a whole bunch of people who are going to die and then they get hit by a wave and they're 70,000 light years away and all those people died. But, but before that, yeah, so before that, uh, Janeway calls her husband, boyfriend, boyfriend, Mark. How dare that you? was a good scene. That was a legit good scene. The doctor called and and I was right. She's pregnant. Puppies are due in seven weeks. Oh, Mark, you've got to take her home with you with me. I just got the rugs cleaned. She's with child. I can't leave her in a kennel while I'm... Is this another love me, love my dog demand? Yes. How could I ever refuse you? Thanks, honey. So when are you leaving? As soon as I approve these system status reports. All right. Then I won't bother you anymore. Hey. You never bother me. Except the way I love to be bothered. I understand. I'll remember that. See you in a few weeks. I, why? Why in like Star Trek's future, do, like people's pets just they always have babies. They're just always having babies constantly. What? But like, no one gets their pets fixed. <laughs> <laughs> and I just don't understand like why. Like, does Janeway breed dogs? Because her, her dog's pregnant. I, I didn't even remember that her dog was pregnant. Uh, you know what sucks? Like, okay, so not only is her dog going to be dead by the time she gets back in Endgame, but her dog's puppies are going to be dead. That's how long it took them to get back. I know. 
Well, in the alternate future. In the yeah. alternate future, oh, yeah. Like that's so. why she wanted to reset the timeline. That was the only yeah. reason. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> I gotta see my dog. Yeah. No, I really like that scene because obviously no one knows what's about to happen. Yeah, they're you know? on like a three-day kind of tour. Re- or a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. Yeah. <laughs> but in a way, it kind of reflects, I don't know, like real life. Like, you never know when the last time... You know what I mean? Like, like, I don't know. It's kind of dark if you think about it. It's like, extremely dark. Because they almost didn't make it back. Their families thought they were dead. Because mm-hmm. they just kind of vanished. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know, added a lot of weight to it for me, you know? And I feel like if the show had leaned in more into that kind of stuff, this this could have been one of the better Star Trek series. Because, like, this whole setup's really good. Imagine yeah. if, like, at the end of this episode, Janeway put up a whiteboard in her ready room and wrote, like, the number of crewmen that she had on board the board, on the wall, <laughs> on the whiteboard. And then, like, every time a crewman <gasps> died, she updated it and, like, yeah. erased them. And then, like, if they, I don't know, picked up a Borg lady and had her join the crew, then she'd be like, the number finally went up. Oh, my God, I'm so happy. But then another crewman would have to die and the number would go yeah. down again and she'd be so sad about it. That would be. Hmm. That sounds a lot like another show. That would be cool. That one of the producers of this show went on to make. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. I, I, other than the dog thing, like I, I like <laughs> the scene with her and her boyfriend. Like it made Jane Way like a, a lot more human than I've ever seen her be before. Yeah, you got to see her captain face come off for a little bit. Yeah. Also, her boyfriend's great. Because she's like, "Listen, yeah. my pregnant dog's gonna be more comfortable if she's got her dog bed. You should go get it." And he's like. I already did like an hour ago and it's like ah <laughs> mark you're 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 not only a good boyfriend but you're a good like not puppy daddy you're a good puppy sitter good good job mark <laughs> and then we get to meet the doctor but not the doctor we know of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like an actual doctor like I, the ship's doctor the actual ship's doctor you know, and we i don't think we we ever hear his name but this one has a name presumably it's not joe uh, I think that this would have been super cool when it came out, except I think I've heard that, like, everybody knew what the plot of Voyager was going to be, like, that the, the plot of Voyager yeah. was in the advertising. Um, yeah. But, like, standing on its own, it's pretty cool that you, like, you actually meet a couple characters on the ship, and then they just mm-hmm. die. Like, that. that's... It's like Discovery. It's like how Discovery started. Like you meet this yeah. whole crew and then half of them die immediately. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. I think that show did a slightly better job of it because it kind of drew it out. And like we didn't know ahead of time what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I did like seeing all these new faces. It was just kind of funny because obviously we know how the show ends. And it was like, oh, yeah, that guy's not going to last long. Oh, neither is that one. Yeah. You know. I forgot how many people in this episode don't actually ever show up again because they just die. There's, like, four at least. And there's just, like, random characters in the background. Let's like, see, it was the uh, the doctor, the chief engineer, the first officer. Betazoid pilot? The pilot? Oh, I don't know if we ever meet yeah. the chief engineer. He gets mentioned, but I don't know if we actually meet him. Um, but yeah, it's... it's. They say he dies yeah, off screen. It's a pretty cool concept. Yeah. Uh... I like the idea of it. 
even though, like I said, I think that the the execution didn't necessarily work out at the time. And watching it now is interesting. Yeah. Like Becky um, was in the room while we were watching this, and and we finished a Voyager rewatch about a year and a half ago, or that was her first time watching uh-huh. it. And so this is her first time sure. seeing this again. And she's like, oh, I don't remember any of this. And I was like, yeah, there's there's <laughs> yeah. a whole other crew that just dies half an hour into the episode. It's, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we can kind of clump all the, the rest of what happens basically, except for Neelix is one thing, which is they get, well, they get zapped to this weird farm and, they're immediately like, this is clearly a hologram. My favorite mm-hmm. part of that is Tom Paris is like, hey, Harry, I'm going to fuck this holographic chick real quick. And Harry's like, it's obviously a hologram, Tom. And he's like, so? <laughs> hey, let me show you around. The root cellar's right over there. What's down there? Potatoes, onions. But it's real private. Paris, hmm. she's only a hologram. No reason to be rude. <laughs> Whoa. Editor's note, in MC slang, root means to have sexual intercourse with, with that in mind let's listen to this clip again. Hey, let me show you around. The root cellar's right over there. What's down there? Potatoes, onions, but it's real private. Mm. Paris, she's only a hologram. No reason to be rude. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) He's been in prison, man. (laughs) Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he was on a New Zealand prison colony. He was on a New Zealand prison colony. Do they have holodecks mm-hmm. in prison colonies? Probably not. Uh, I would not think. I wouldn't think so. I mean, it was clearly like <laughs> makes sense. A low security them, prison situation. He was at like like I mean. Hmm. My assumption is that they made the entirety of New Zealand a prison island yeah and there's yeah. just like a whole like it's like the hunger games something that's like that. not yeah, the that's... hunger games that's escape from <laughs> yeah. new york mm, yeah. yeah yeah that too yeah that or yeah, battle royale not what eric said battle royale is also not that eric battle royale is <laughs> hunger games what are you talking about they it's on an island but it's not a prison island like... it's it's a it's, it's a murder totally a contest island, island. I, yeah, I, I was thinking too. of like a more positive prison because there's like some prisons in like real, real life that are like <laughs> so this. it's the it's the utopian version of escape from new york is what you're saying yeah it's like basically they still have like a normal life where they see people like they're they're just like they can't leave this place and you know like they have like a job and you know they have free mm. time and whatnot like it's just a normal life they're just contained to this place because they did something bad do you think that's where uh, the live-action version of Attack on Titan pl- takes place? No, it takes place in Japan. <laughs> oh, it clearly says that, doesn't yes. it? <laughs> <laughs> but what about all the German references? <laughs> that's a different podcast. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so, okay, yeah. So, as Troy was saying, we get zapped over to the Delta Quadrant pretty randomly for a very random reason and i love the moment where harry like reveals that bit of information to the audience uh he has this great line where he says captain if these sensors are working we're over seventy thousand light years from where we were we're on the other side of the galaxy and uh i like how they they use that all over the promotional material for the show 
But I feel like that would have been a pretty crazy reveal if you didn't know going in what this was. My only problem with that reveal is that this is Star Trek. And I don't feel like they necessarily tied that reveal with a signifier for what that means in the world of Star Trek. Because, Mm. like, well, later, maybe even at the end of this this two-part episode they say 70 years from home it's it's because they Mm -hmm. they could basically if they went as fast as they could they basically can get home in 70 years but like oh yeah they fly real fast and so i'm like how so seventy thousand light years is that like a week (laughs) yeah (laughs) like i i don't think he says it in that moment and it feels like maybe he should have yeah i do think they say it by the into part two i think it's been a while well they do tell you that voyager can go warp 9.75 i think sustain so you can do the math yourself because that number means something probably is it probably probably it's a sliding scale Mm -hmm. oh my god as we discussed last episode i forgot that you guys watched (laughs) threshold last episode i'm so excited to listen to that episode yeah it was bonkers um but speaking of weird episodes i forgot how fast this episode gets weird like it gets weird real fast uh like troy was saying we we randomly end up in the midwest i think kansas i don't know like the only thing i can figure out is that their race scanned the voyager realized that most of the crew was made up of white people (laughs) so they made like a redneck square dance party (laughs) to make them feel at home like that's the only thing like why else would this make sense you know i like the idea that they scanned just a member of Voyager who we never get to meet, <laughs> whose like name is Trips Carl. Ancestor, Trips yeah. descendant. <laughs> he works down like on the lower, lower decks, and that's just who they happen yeah. to scan. <laughs> Carl showed up at that farm, was like, Ma! Ma, it's me! Yeah. <laughs> he was having a good time. Everyone else was very confused. That's where that dog was running off to in that one shot, is the dog saw Carl, and Carl was like, Chester, is that you? I ain't seen you in 28 years! What I do like about this, though, is that it reminds me of two uh, times on Star Trek. Uh, one was the original pilot with Pike, mm-hmm. and the other was a certain movie that features two prominent captains. Oh, I'm trying, yeah, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to like okay, be vague. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of the kind of same trappings, like horses. Y'all, I've been hearing branches. for months yeah. that there's this great <laughs> Star Trek game available on Apple Arcade. And so I finally downloaded it when I went on my trip and was like, I'm going to play this great Star Trek game. And it's a freaking gotcha rpg game where it's like oh you've unlocked a dwarf but he's oh he's a level one dwarf and if you roll again then maybe you'll unlock an elite dwarf and then he can be on your team and it all it's Uh, all the 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 plot eric is the thing that you're referencing from those movies is pulling characters from different time periods together so you start as michael burnham and then you unlock wharf and you could have a team up oh i played this game like the whole concept of crossing the timelines is cool but the game the game sucks though like it's a cool concept but a bad because you get crappy versions of good characters what a shitty con like the stats don't make any sense it made me so sad i played it for about eight minutes yeah Yeah. and i uninstalled it yeah it's better than space farm that game took up a lot of space (laughs) space farmville's fun man well for a while and then like once you kind of 
catch on to what's happening and you realize that you can't really get any further unless you actually pay money then it kind of loses its appeal anyways uh big needle in the chest that sucks then they get zapped back to the ship and janeway's like hey chakotay we should team up and then they go back and then There's they get zapped back again they just go zap uh-huh. back and forth a bunch yeah but there is some drama there for like a minute between the maquis and the federation crew i mean is there they just are yeah, like, I mean, he's they're like, like you, you don't need those guns here, brother. That's uh, Janeway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, from now on, Janeway will be portrayed by Hulk Hogan on this podcast. Listen here, brother. <laughs> There's coffee in that nebula, brother. <laughs> that's great. <sighs> oh, yeah. Oh, wait, that's Macho Man. Isn't it? <laughs> now, Macho Man Randy Savage is being saved for a future character, obviously. Oh, obviously. I'm I'm thinking like Bashir should be Macho Man Randy Savage, maybe. Hmm. And Neelix <laughs> should be the rock. Do you smell what the Neelix oh. is cooking? I, I played a D and D character that talked like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and it was like this That's campaign great. went so much longer than I expected. <laughs> like we played this campaign for like a year and a half and like that got old so fast. I got so tired of doing that voice. <laughs> was it a barbarian? Yeah, it was a barbarian. Oh, yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Mun chops and everything. <laughs> it, it was actually <laughs> bald, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I they just Chakotay's like, yeah, I guess we'll team up because what the hell else are we gonna do? We're seventy thousand light years away from home. Uh, and then and yeah. then Jane was like, and then we're gonna take a team. We're gonna fly over there because we got to find out what happened to Harry Kim. And Tom's like. <gasps> Listen, Janeway, can I please come with you? I'm really worried about Harry Kim. I'm really worried about my poor sweet boy. <laughs> and so he gets to go too. <laughs> Chakotay, to be a terrorist, Chakotay has like the nicest, most calm voice. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh-huh. it's strange. Yep. Yep. He's yep. a, maybe he's like got a, like a cult leader thing going on. Like, cause he's maybe. like smooth and reassuring. Like I would join his cult. Like I'd be like, all right, what you got for me? <laughs> I I have a lot more to say about the Maquis Federation stuff, but I got to wait for part two. Cause okay. yeah, I think we're only allowed to discuss the Maquis in situations where the show has made them significant in any way whatsoever so we have one more opportunity <laughs> to talk about them <laughs> hey you know next what? time on the podcast i'll be honest one of my favorite plot threads in star trek in all of star trek is about the maquis so oh yeah there you go does it involve Riker? N- no or that's should i say too. jonathan that's uh no, yeah. it's it is it involves everything that Troy knows about Les Mis comes from Star Trek. I know that huh. there's a guy named Jean Valjean, and there's uh, a police officer yeah. who's trying to arrest uh. Jean Valjean for stealing some bread, or maybe Jean Valjean's the name of the police officer. Don't really remember that. I'm pretty sure the police officer. That is, I don't know, a great episode. Yeah, yeah, it's got the guy from Kroll in it. I couldn't remember the name of Kroll the other day. Which guy? The main, Kroll's great. the guy from Kroll is Eddington. The main dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. cool. Wait, yeah. who is he? Eddington. Tyler, take your headphones off. Oh, that's okay. right. Nope, never mind. He remembered. We're good. Okay. Uh, oh, that's right. I remember. Okay, yeah, so... that's exciting. I never made that connection. Yeah. Uh, then, then we meet Neelix, and he is a trash hamster, a trash cat. <laughs> he's, just, he's just, he's just a trash man, <laughs> and he lives in trash, and he's salvaging trash. 
But the one thing that's more valuable than trash is water. Does Neelix drink water? <laughs> he just trades it on the black market. I'm just curious why he's like accepting he's payment in water. So horny for water. <laughs> he needs a shower real bad. But he doesn't. He, I don't think he does because like. <laughs> Uh, was it Tuvok that yeah it was Tuvok that brought him on the ship mm-hmm. and Tuvok's like would you like to take a bath and Neelix is like a what? So I kind of like this I, I really like at least initially I like what they were doing with Neelix because he's totally a fish out of water but he's not like like a human from the 80s fish out of water like he's an alien he lives in space but he's completely new to both the Federation and their level of technology which is really kind of a cool way to approach it you know yeah i feel it's nice that uh janeway asked his permission before beaming him over but i feel like they should go into like a little detail about like here's what's gonna happen because like (laughs) this is the second time we've seen this happen where like they like ask someone can we beam you aboard and they're like what's that but you're beam (laughs) 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 i'll show you Excuse yeah, me, no, I'll show you, though. brother. And I love how Neelix is like asking Tuvok, like, what's all this do? Like just pointing at everything, you know? And I like how Tuvok's like, there's a reason for everything, but he doesn't actually explain tu- it. Tuvok should be a macho man, Randy Savage. He's like, oh, yeah. So this thing over here, I can- it would take like two hours to tell you what it does. But oh, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, we just kind of roll with it. But I like that. Logic, bro. I like that little detail. <laughs> Yeah. Do have we Tyler Tyler have we told you about the wrestling connection with Voyager yet? Do you know about this? No. There is Oh my definitely. goodness. Like um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh just to to <laughs> establish why there's a connection and I'm not going to get into the specifics of what it is, but I mentioned UPN earlier. Voyager oh, yeah. was a flagship show for UPN when it launched. Um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and UPN's other flagship show was World Wrestling Federation. And these were like the two things that UPN had going for it at the time. Uh, yeah. And so that's all I'll say for now. Um, they crossed over. Did, did Janeway wrestle? Janeway wrestles like a beast. Uh, I have like eight jokes running in my head, but I don't like any of them. <laughs> Tyler, my, my question for you on Neelix is... <laughs> Save that thought for when we get to that you've episode. You've <laughs> seen Neelix later yeah. on. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what you think of how he meets the crew. Like like you said, the Maquis thing caught you by surprise. You're like, what? Chakotay and Balana aren't part of the crew? Were you surprised at Neelix? Or had you picked up enough about Neelix that like it wasn't a surprise that they just picked him up in a dump uh no that yeah that seems like neelix to me like okay. i i figured they kind of just like came across him and then like <laughs> i'm not surprised they found him in the trash so <laughs> yeah. i do he's essentially a kid i, I really like adulted. neelix yeah he's a space <laughs> um i love the fact that i think it's really clever that he finds water valuable because in real life like with our level of technology water is pretty expensive to maintain in space isn't it i mean not if you have i think they were oh, oh, like urine. in in our yeah current, okay, like yeah, so yeah. like fresh water yeah like yeah i don't know i, th- I buy Does it you know it makes sense to me you know pee? like because they don't have replicators clearly and he doesn't know about beaming and all that so D- does yeah does neelix pee <laughs> does he 
Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, he tells Janeway in one episode about like the the one toilet on the ship being out. <laughs> the one toilet. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's Tyler, I joke. thought you were making something Cause... up, but that does happen, doesn't it? <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah. <laughs> I think show? it's because. <laughs> The TNG blueprints came out at one point, and they literally only listed one bathroom on the entire ship. And I think they were making fun of that. I think that was an in joke. Yeah, that's a thing. I did not know that. Yep it's it's next to the bridge. It's like across from like the cards <laughs> quarters. So he has like er, like easy access. Now to see it. that I feel like I did know. Like my <laughs> assumption was that opposite of the ready room was a bathroom so i don't know maybe i did not it's the one door on the bridge that they never use (laughs) (laughs) have we talked about the idea that they just beam your poops out Uh, you i think you mentioned it (laughs) okay uh on the episode i'm surprised it doesn't get like turned into the replicator like doesn't get like reused as does it (laughs) well there was that reference in discovery yep pretty good for shit Oh yeah. Jesus! And that's way in the future. Yeah. <laughs> um. So there's a couple scenes we skipped over that I want to mention, but I don't know if now's the right time. I think it is. So there's a scene where Paris is frustrated with the replicator, <laughs> and I kind of like that because it it reminds me of like trying to talk to automated like whatever you call it the robots Ugh. or whatever God, when you're do trying that to call Amazon the pharmacy recently. or the bank or whatever and you're just like shut up i want to talk to a human like after like the sixth time they misunderstand you yeah except for i think he lost his temper a little bit fast the replicator but... never didn't understand him it was asking perfectly reasonable questions and it was like do you want good soup and he was like no i want shit soup and then he ate the soup and he's like this soup sucks and it's like yeah dude like it was trying to give yeah. you good soup <laughs> like imagine going into a restaurant and they're like oh you'd like the soup well we have a clam chowder today or we have no i just want plain soup okay we'll bring you some plain soup and then you get some like water replicator with totally noodle spit in, in it. it and you taste it you're like the soup sucks <laughs> why did you get clam chowder i wanted it tomato soup there are 14 varieties of tomato soup available from this replicator with rice with vegetables Bowling in style, with pasta, with plain. Specify hot or chilled. Hot. Hot, plain tomato soup. Ah, 14 varieties and they can't even get plain tomato soup right. The only other thing I want to mention is, um, I think it's brilliant that the EMH is all annoyed that the nurse was killed. Like he's like inconvenience. Oh, we barely talked about him. <laughs> yeah. I thought it, like I think it's weird that he doesn't just oh. come with a tricorder because uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like built into. Yeah, him. he tells like Harry to get him a tricorder, and he's like a medical one, of course, because Harry brings in the wrong one. It's like dumbass. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, I think someone forgot to end my program. I mean, you freaking idiots. <laughs> Did you know that the EMH was an EMH, Tyler, or is that news for you too? I, yeah, I knew that. Well, you knew he was a hologram. Yeah, we talked about it because the hologram. Did you know he was an emergency hologram? Like he's not supposed to be used for that. Uh, I don't, I don't remember. I don't know <laughs> if I knew that or not. I wasn't surprised. It okay. may have, like, someone may have mentioned it at some point. Okay. MC, what were you saying? 
I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to go, uh, since we're going off on tangents, how about we uh, talk about how Tom Clear clearly is into BDSM. He gets hit <laughs> early by that Wait, hologram lady, and he's clearly <laughs> into it. Tom? Tom? Tom's into everything. Oh, well, I think... yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we've seen Tom some Paris. of his fantasies. I mean, The Bride of Chaotica, there's a lot of torture in that. Yep. It's very kinky. That's true. <laughs> he's, he, they just wanted him to be the horny one. <laughs> And the problem is that, like, Riker gets away with being the horny one in a kind of charming way. And I just don't think that Tom pulls that off. He just seems kind of creepy with his horniness. Yeah. It, On the previous it episode, we learned all. about him losing his virginity, which was nice. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Threshold. Yeah. And then he loses his virginity again at the end of that episode. Yeah. His oh, lizard virginity. I'm so glad we made it past that episode. <laughs> we still have like a few more really bad episodes on the list. I don't think that episode's even that bad. Like I wasn't here to talk about it, obviously. Rewatch it. I'm dude. just going to talk about it. For Rewatch it. No, no, no. <laughs> the end of that episode is terrible. Like the whole, yeah, the whole, they made babies was unnecessary. And then Do you they're think like, Janeway like tells her boyfriend that she's got some lizard babies out there. That's a good question. I can't wait for the episode when they go back and visit the lizard babies. Maybe it'll be a short trek because it never happens in Voyager. Um, <laughs> what, how, what happens in the Delta Quadrant stays in the Delta Quadrant. Did you know though, Todd, maybe maybe you guys brought this up that it's referenced in Lower Decks when they the episode of Lower Decks oh, where yeah. they're going to the Funny Farm. One of the creatures mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. in the shuttle is is one of those lizards, like one of oh, the like accidents. mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Uh, but anyway, what <laughs> yeah. I was going to say is that the way it wraps up at the end, where she's like, all right, brother, we're back to being humans now. High five. We made babies. <laughs> like, that part's so fucking dumb. But the episode really up dumb. to that point, I think, is kind of cool. And, like, seeing Tom, like, completely lose it and shit, I think there's, there's fun stuff to be had there. But yeah. the Warp 10 thing is frustrating as a fan because it doesn't right. fit with the rest of Star Trek. And then the end of it is it just... Doesn't fucking stupid like the lizard babies are stupid the fact that they found them is stupid like yeah <laughs> how did they find them they could have ended up literally anywhere in space time and they're like oh they're over there mm-hmm. they're right they're right there um anyway <laughs> I, I love the lizard babies it came out of nowhere it's so uh, weird it was so funny <laughs> it was pretty bonkers and then like i'm like how are they gonna like wrap this up and then they just do they just do it they're just yeah. like the end listen i there's a lot of things to love about voyager and there's a lot of things to hate about voyager but the thing i hate about voyager most is that i would say honestly probably about 20 percent of the episodes end like that where you're like, man, there's only like four minutes left. How are they going to end it? Oh, it's over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, okay. And then it doesn't matter <laughs> next. Yeah, they're just like, anyway, yeah. we fixed that problem. Moving on. And it's, well, you didn't, you didn't though. You didn't end the episode. It just ended. Yeah. <laughs> Janeway, the scourge of the Delta Quadrant. The pirate queen of the Delta Quadrant. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Yeah. Hey, Tyler, what'd you think of uh, part one of episode one of Voyager? Uh, I thought this episode was really good. I, I hate Paris and the, the the person, not the place. Um, yeah, he sucks. But like, otherwise, <laughs> the episode was yeah. really good. And 
what sucks is I like Paris as a character. I just really hated him in this episode. You know, well, I started, and the last one wasn't great. Yeah, I was gonna say like I kind of I nothinged <laughs> him up until Threshold, and then Threshold, I'm like, wow, he just whines a lot. Like he just really yeah. kind of sucks. And then in this episode, he's like a sex pest, also. So I'm just like, <laughs> and an ex-con. <laughs> oh, that's not that big of a deal. Like I mean, I guess he was a terrorist for a minute, but. Only for a minute, because he got caught the first time he terrorist a little bit. <laughs> Terrorism, yeah. not even once. I, <laughs> I, I really <laughs> like the episode. I I I like the whole marquee thing. Like I not knowing very much about it, I thought it was a lot more interesting than just like everyone's friends to begin with. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's like a really cool start. The ma- the marquee is such a cool concept, and it is not executed. It is frequently not executed as well as I wish it was, but it is a very cool concept. Yeah. Like, there's a cool story oh, to totally. be told there. And they do in, in some places. It kind of comes up a few more times in Voyager. But way more in DS9. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, and um, but it kind of goes away real quick in it Voyager. Wait, you yeah. we're, we're not going to watch in order, obviously, so Tyler won't get the impact of this necessarily. But, like... Episode 3. Episode 3 everybody's cool like <laughs> yeah it's like they're a big old family episode two deals with it a little bit and then that's it um i will give you give away one thing i don't know if we've mentioned before have we talked about the pips the ring pips on voyager oh, yeah so tyler they're a little different you know, aren't they you know they've got the little the little dots on their neck for their rank uh-huh. like picard's got four and riker's got three all the maquis crew members you'll notice that this now when you watch voyager don't have rank pips they have a bar instead so even though they're all wearing Starfleet uniforms, everyone who came from the Maquis has a different insignia on their collar. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess the implication is that when they get back to Earth, they're all going to jail. I, maybe <laughs> it's weird. Um, the, yeah, other thing, weird. the other thing I've got for you for as, a, as homework, Tyler, and, and MC and Eric as well, but it's mostly Tyler that I want sure. to notice this because I suspect you both know it already. I don't think, maybe we have. Have we talked about Bellana's eyebrows? No. Okay. I don't think so. The actress who plays Bellana no. is great. I really, really like her a lot. And I like She's her awesome. more after my last rewatch because I heard something that I had never noticed the first time I watched this show, which is that her eyebrows are part of her prosthetic. Her eyebrows what? are built into the forehead. So she really Bellana cannot move her eyebrows. So all the acting she does is done without being able to play with her eyebrows, which is That's a big part of how people emote from <laughs> their face. So watch for that. Yeah. Watch for that in, in the second half of this episode. And you'll see that her eyebrows, they just don't move. And yet she is still able to like be a very uh, emotionally compelling she's effective. Uh, performer. Yeah, she's great. Wow. I never noticed that. That's crazy. They're, they're part of the forehead. It's like that throughout the run? Yep. To the whole show. You, you, that's not Well... I was going to say you've never seen her eyebrows, but that's not true. But we'll get to that in in another (laughs) episode of Too Young for This Trek, because there is... We actually did get to one episode where... Have we seen a human version of her before? Yeah, the killing game. Oh, yeah, we saw her in... in, Wait, did they erase her forehead? Because the the alien dudes still looked like alien dudes. They made her pregnant. I think she was... Did she... She was still a Klingon. Yeah. I think she might have been. Never mind. (laughs) <laughs> they made her pregnant but didn't erase her ridges. Did they? Yeah. 
I'm gonna try and look it up. Y'all keep keep ending the episode. Well, with the Klingon uh, hologram, didn't Neelix like get turned into a queen? He did. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah, I can't remember if that happened or not. Anyways, um, but back to my thoughts on the episode. Uh, I, I I liked like I didn't know it was, this was literally Harry's first mention uh, mission, so that was mm. that sucks for him. Um, I, I thought the <laughs> bit of like Janeway talking about his mom was fairly touching so yeah I, I thought this episode was like a really good start to the series and then like knowing how it ends it's kind of like i don't know yeah yeah I, yeah yeah it's, it's it's something it's something i don't the ending was so much better than i expected like i i don't know like this was probably the best episode of voyager we've seen uh yeah i mean i i do like endgame i feel like after overanalyzing i like it less <laughs> <laughs> and i'll probably like this episode a lot less after we analyze part two. Oh god it, i loved the first part of endgame <laughs> and then the second part i was like eh, is this gonna be the same yeah. thing i'm yeah. not gonna say anything star trek loves doing two-part episodes and they're really great at the Part They're one, super usually. great at, at a thrilling like build up. first part of an episode. I think the problem is not sticking the landing. And that this doesn't apply to this episode, but I think the problem that Star Trek has with two part episodes is they're really good at writing about sixty minutes of Star Trek, and that's not enough mm-hmm, to make mm-hmm. two episodes. It's too much for one episode, <laughs> but it's not quite enough for two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, Bolana did have four head ridges when she was uh, a Nazi's concubine. The more you know. <laughs> Good to know. Yep. Uh, yeah. Hey, we'll be back next week with the second half of this episode, yeah? Yeah, we have to be yeah, somewhere. So, uh, like, I don't know. It's good. Uh, oh, yeah, real quick. We're going to beam over to Ocampa, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Four to beam. Oh, wait. Hopefully there's oxygen there. Four to beam to Neelix's bath. <laughs> 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 Ghosts of those three dead officers came to me in the middle of the night and taught me the true meaning of Christmas. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com. fan of our podcast and want to help support the show check out our patreon where you can unlock tons of exclusive content like behind the scenes clips extended tangents random shenanigans and even a chance to vote on what star trek episode we forced tyler to watch next that's me (laughs) (laughs) for just three dollars a month you can support the good folks at too young for this trek 
and get access to Dork Seduction. Seduce. Seduce. Where MC, Eric, Troy, and Tyler take turns trying to seduce each other with the Trek adjacent <laughs> stuff they love, including but not limited to Galaxy Quest, Battlestar Galactica, Stargate, and so much more. Unfortunately, we don't live in a socialist utopia, and things cost money. So where will your valuable latinum go? To be honest, mostly self-esteem. Knowing people are listening and enjoying the show enough to join the Patreon will make putting in the work to create it much easier. Just beam on over to patreon.com slash too young for this trick. That's patreon.com slash the number two, young, the number four, this trick. Link in the show notes make it so seduce